What's going on, family? It's your man K to the second letter. Used to be a debtor until the day I met the Lord Jesus and I'm doing better. Got his stuff together. And I keep a feather coming out the top of my hat. But I ain't no pimp. Nothing like that. I am here on South Side Hallelujah Rabbi with my main man partner in crime. The, the the gentleman that holds it all together. No. He is, in a lot of ways, the key to all of life, liberty, and happiness. I don't know why his name was not in the Constitution. Oh, my gosh. Because we have the right to know our man. I mean the dream mean machine, Hudson. And before we go any further, we'd like to take a quick moment. And moments are always quick, or it wouldn't be a moment at all. Excuse my grammar. And introduce one of our newest sponsors, Tucker Carlson. Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. (laughs) Wait a minute, you may ask, why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? (laughs) No, he wasn't. (laughs) What in the world? My man Tucker Carlson said he was replaced by a president nobody voted for. Bro, and first of all, what about William uh, Henry Harrison, who was killed 31 days after his inauguration? Oh, I guess the vice president was voted for. So Richard Nixon was the guy who resigned from office after he after his 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 uh he got caught. <laughs> With Watergate, this man talking also act like Watergate didn't exist. He said he was just minding his business. Wasn't he a criminal? Uh, no. Wasn't he the champion of the people? That's the thing. I guess I'm trying to understand (laughs) why. What? (laughs) What's happening with the Watergate? The question that I have is about the frogs. Yes, (laughs) frogs are now asexual, and they've been swimming in asexual waters. There's been truth that we've pulled from a study in the backyard of a Birmingham, not Birmingham, Alabama, but Birmingham in a country you've never heard of. But they pulled that study. And that study showed that there's a correlation between porcelain toilets, water, and asexual frogs. And your children are drinking that water. (laughs) That's like the next thing that it goes to. Your children are drinking that water. And you got to start asking yourself, is Jimmy putting on pink shoes tomorrow morning? (laughs) Did he use a pink crayon when he was asked to draw flowers in the garden in first grade? That's right. Is he walking around in his mom's heels? These are questions. Three years old? These are questions that we need to, questions that need to answer. And they're holding the answers. And the mainstream media, even though we're the biggest <laughs> network on television, is keeping those answers from you. Is it deep state? Or was there an asexual frog sipping from the water in your backyard? <laughs> that boy said, was it In deep other news, <laughs> porcelain toilets cause coronavirus. <laughs> Duh, I'm telling you, man. He's, he catch me saying ridiculous stuff and just being like, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking, just seeking. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, uh, you know what? This is going to be a terrible segue in today's <laughs> conversation. But uh, 
we just want to give y'all a chance to hear from our, our newest sponsor, right. uh, Fox News. <laughs> um, certainly have lost that sponsorship after that <laughs> weird intro we just did. But oh, I mean the dream. Gosh. How you feeling today, my guy? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good in the neighborhood. You know, I'm sitting across from a man that is, you know, your favorite theologians, you know, theologian. All right, that's enough. This man just be Euro stepping through the text. You know what I'm saying? That's just enough. stepping back with the text and shooting it from 30 like Luka Doncic. <laughs> knocking it down. <laughs> you asked that boy KV to come preach a message. It's just like Luka showed up, boy. You idiot. Um, but nah, man. I, I, God bless I, you. I'm good, man. God bless you, my brother. You know, I read a quote from Beyonce this week. Uh-oh. <laughs> to the left. The famous philosopher. Beyonce said she is always happy uh-huh. when she's surrounded by water. Because the ocean makes her feel small. And if I could reinterpret that, I think because Beyonce is Beyonce, what she meant to say was, I'm happy when I'm surrounded by water because the ocean is the only thing in this world that makes me feel small because I'm bigger than everyone else. That's pretty much. And it was at that moment that I realized she had never been around I mean the <laughs> She hasn't met the man. She has not met Amin. Because she wouldn't have said oh that. Oh, my God. She would have said, when I'm around the ocean and when I'm around Amin, that's when I feel small. Yeah. And I have a great acquaintance with feeling small in the beginning of these episodes. Because your honor is so heavy that I'm often crushed under its weight. Okay. I thank you. And I low-key resent you. God bless you. Make some noise for my man Amin the dream. <laughs> thank you, my brother, for your very... The way that you're just able to elucidate. No, no, move on. I almost won this one. Please. At uh, least the verdict is still out. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, the verdict no, is no, still you out. Got... <laughs> so uh, I, uh, we, we uh, had absolutely no idea how we would connect Tucker Carlson to this episode. Absolutely not. But it hit me as he was talking. Uh-oh. Because in all of Tucker Carlson's weird explanations oh. when he is going on about conspiracies right, and right. deep state issues uh -huh. and how there might be a connection between uh, sanit hand sanitizer and CRT. <laughs> when he is doing that, he often... <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to sanitize your kids' minds from the truth of America. Oh, and 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 for if for anyone out there, God bless you. If you're offended that we're talking about Tucker, Tucker is made in the image of God. No, he is. Um, but he should have several seats <laughs> often. Uh, especially since they 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 had that brother stand under uh oath and he had a very different explanation about what he was doing on Fox News than what he tells oh, us. Oh, I didn't he's know that. Fox News. Oh, yes. Under I didn't oath. hear this stuff about uh, oh, him under oath. I've heard about Sean Hannity. They talked about uh, Fox News's lawyers defending him in court and their explanation of what Tucker Carlson was doing yeah. was that uh, he was actually not giving facts. It was all non-literal exaggerations called commentary. Right. Uh, but ain't what we were told when he is speaking in questions that are that he is, you know, uh, wanting us to think that, are, that they are facts. But anyways, yeah. one of the things that Tucker Carlson will do is... Uh, is he will pull the Christian card out and throw it on the table uh -huh. as a kind of like a, you know, um, a rap. Right. Uh, to sort of wrapping the contents of all the craziness he's talking right, about. Right, right, right. Chipotle and like, roll that thing into... Like some kind of Christian ethic. Yeah, or, yeah, right, yeah. Right, Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Christian kind of um, 
uh, motivation that he has right. for the wild things that he's talking about. Right, right. Which is a good connection, not only to what we're going to talk about today, but what we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because conspiracies on their face aren't particularly, uh, aren't the essential problem right. uh, for the Christian. Right. The the issue is when you begin to, as we see some of our beloved brothers in Christian hip-hop uh-huh, do, uh-huh. when you begin to elevate the burden of the conspiracy to the burden of the burden of the kingdom. Right. That exactly. There's some that, that you're kind of you're talking about Jesus as savior and your conspiracy as truth right. as if they are the synonymous. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. remotely the same thing. Right. Um and it's and a lot of times it isn't remotely, especially if we're judging the fierceness in which you talk about it. Right. And I love how I, I don't know if you mentioned this in the conspiracy uh episode. Uh but I love how when folks uh, push conspiracies hard and then find out that they're wrong, how they just simply turn a new page. Bro, they don't... That's the... <sighs> yeah. It's a drop of the hat. They literally don't even address... What's next? Right. They literally don't say, hey, we got that one wrong, guys. Sorry. It's like somebody, you, you go into a, a staff meeting and the boss walks in and takes his clothes off and curses out everybody, screams, beats <laughs> on his chest. And then he takes a deep breath and says, now what's on the agenda for today? Like that and just... Sir! Did, did you not know what you just did? Did you not just see... <laughs> You do know that we saw you, right? We were watching oh. you. Do you know I can see you? We, oh. we, we saw all every bit of it, bro. Oh. Unfortunately, what uh, brothers like... Uh, Brother Tucker. Brother Tucker and <laughs> Brother Hannity. Um, <laughs> under oath, it is certainly entertainment and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. not literal or factual. But unfortunately, that's not what people walk away with. And they with. are definitely... You cannot say that Hannity and Carlson are not wanting their viewers to take what they're saying as factual. Yes. That is Do you think absolutely. that they want their viewers to think they're liars? Do you think that they... Because they're not actors. Are they... I was about to say, like, do you is think... Is that we, what their LinkedIn are say, they Are they says? coming to this like, this is WWE? Yes. LinkedIn says, pro wrestler... <laughs> This isn't actually real. I think that, I wonder if that's something that, I mean, of course we know that lawyers try to argue that because when Alex Jones got taken to court before, before this uh, thing where he had 1.4, his lawyers were telling the, the, the court that this is a character. That he is playing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like it's, it's a, a way to get around. It's this. a way to get around. It's a character sure. when le- when 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 you're on the hook legally. Yes. But the rappers do the same thing. Right. You got that Rico case come down on you, and and then the lawyer is literally the prosecutor is reading your lyrics. I went down and shot Johnny in his face, took the gun, and hit it at my mama's place. I then took all my drugs that I have been extorting people for and went down to the southern border and did it a lot more. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Thug, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, then, then the, the, the argument is, well, it's just entertainment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But at least they have a better argument for that because they're actually They're actually entertainers. Right, exactly. You are they're journalists. They're not thought leaders. That's right, brother. They're not thought leaders. And you're shaping the way we see the world. Come on, man. Anyways, God bless you, Tucker. Yeah. Have a seat. Uh, but anyways. Um, what does that have to do with our episode? Today? What that has to do with this episode is uh, in a previous episode, a recent episode, we talked about how conspiracies erode people's confidence in your ability to tell the truth. Yes. Especially when it comes out that it was not true. Right. You then lose 
your uh, credibility. Your credibility for the thing that you really want them to think is true. If you think about all of the things that you want people to believe about mm. you, right? Yeah. I want you to believe that I have an actual relationship with God. He speaks to me. I walk with him. He is rescuing and saving the world like he rescued and saved me. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's the bullet. Right. That I want, when it comes out, I want it to hit the target. Right. But you don't want to have emptied the clip. Right. Or to be shooting blindfold, because that's what you're doing if people can't trust what you say. Right. So uh, so we talked about strengthening our credibility and how conspiracies, especially when you're arguing for them, at the same fervor that you argue for Jesus. Right. Which is Christians in America. This is a part, this is a historical issue, but we certainly see this. We've seen it even in our own genre in Christian hip-hop. Right. Where I can't tell the difference if I can judge whether or not the fer like like we can judge the fervor of an argument to tell how much you hold to it, right? Right. How passionate. You're arguing it strongly, like, right. and this thing is dominating mm -hmm. your 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 news feed or your uh your your, your post uh your thread on Twitter. This is right. your timeline objective. Oh, right. Then I'm gonna think that that pretty much is important. To, that is extremely important to you. Right. So if that is the case for all of the conspiracies that you are displaying for the world along with Jesus, Jesus becomes synchronized into your conspiracies. Mm. So I think that That's good. that fervency matters. We talked about that. And the consequence, mm -hmm. I don't know if I already said this or not. If I didn't, I'll say it again. One of the ways that you can, you, one of the things you want to ask of, the one of the things you want to ask of someone who is presenting a truth into the world uh, that is controversial. Right. Is, do they stand to lose anything? Is there a cost mm -hmm. for them being wrong about this? Mm -hmm. Right? Or, is there a cost of them being right about it? Mm -hmm. Let's say that you are blowing the whistle on somebody. Right. A whistleblower has tremendous costs for doing the right thing and saying the right thing. Yeah. But that cost, in a lot of ways, gives us some sense of whether or not this deserves our attention or could this possibly be true. Yeah. Edward and, Snowden. And, yeah, look, I mean, the man is paid diff, uh, de dearly. Oh, yeah, right. Right. So I think that, um, that as we think about the cost of linking Jesus with conspiracies, I think it's a bridge or a pathway to what we want to talk about today. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we've seen our man Tucker do, my man Tucker do on several occasions. Uh, Alex Jones, in fact, let's set Tucker aside. I've seen Alex Jones do this. When he's on his show screaming profanities oh, and, he, yep. and nonsense and obscenities, mm -hmm. and I think it, you know, it kind of, he catches himself and he's like, oh, uh, uh, well, this is a family show and we don't talk like that on this show. You just got done talking that way. Yeah. But you kind of- And you, you know, were red- you, you are red as a tomato. Your right. shirt is off on the soap, ground and you're soap. screaming. Yep. And then you wrap that up like a Chipotle burrito. Mm -hmm. You pack it with all this nonsense, conspiracy, lies, and ungodliness in your tongue right. and in your propositions. Right, right. And then you just wrap that mug in a Jesus burrito. Right. You know what I'm saying? A Christian burrito. Yeah. Yeah. Or family value right. burrito. Right. And then you give it to us. At some point, people are going to be repulsed by that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
those who have not been drinking the Alex Jones or right. Tucker Carlson <clears throat> juice or mm-hmm. Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. they're going to be repulsed out from the jump. Right. And the problem is, if there's enough of you all endorsing foolishness wrapped in Jesus, then you're going, you, you are inevitably, inevitably going to be a lightning rod for repelling people from Jesus. Right. Pushing people away from Jesus. And thus lies the content of this next episode. Mm-hmm. Because statistics on deconstruction or deconversion, rather, are staggering right now. Mm. They are absolutely heartbreaking. To say they're concerning is a understatement. Yeah. Uh, they're devastating. They're alarming, cuz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Estimates show that over one million Gen Zers are walking away from Jesus every single year. That's that crazy. by uh that the 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 population of those who would identify themselves as G, as as Christ followers right. is dropping more rapidly than it ever has in the history of the United States. Okay. And that that's a that's an interesting concept because right. the history of the United States is not plagued with pristine family valued hum, human yep. Uh, yep. Uh, flourishing. Yeah, everybody was living in right. Christian unity. It was like a preview of of heaven. Oh my God! Uh, it was some rough stuff right. happening before. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and yet people were more inclined to hold on to Jesus then, right? Than they then are now. now. Mm-hmm. And I'd like for us to consider why that is, I mean. Yeah. And then talk about what does it mean for us to be a part of reversing the absolute uh, philosophical, theological, sociological, psychological, Christian disaster that we are facing in this country today. Yeah. I hope by God's grace... The Southside Rabbi is a part of the revival effort, yeah. the rescue effort. I hope by God's grace, this is also uh, somewhat of an intro to the intro mm-hmm. of, the, of a series of episodes that we are going to be doing on my new book, Dangerous Jesus, that was written as, oh, I hope by God's grace, a drink of water right. for a spiritually thirsty culture, bro. I hope by God's grace that the book, I wrote it, and I hope by God's grace that it hits the target, that it is like a rescue or a revival for those who are feeling the effects of a desperately lost culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I do in the book, and I hope that everything that we do, um, including this podcast, is just that. So, to my man Tucker, Meansy, as we think about the fallout. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what, what the, the scripture says in the book of James. Mm-hmm. James 3 verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, mm-hmm. my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Mm-hmm. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And then he goes on to talk about the tongue. Mm-hmm. What James is communicating here is that those of you who stand up as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah, those of you that 
identify yourself as believers mm-hmm. and use your tongues to shape the way people think about Jesus, right? you should be concerned. Mm. Not many of you should do that. Not many of you should desire to be that guy. Right. Because that guy is going to be judged more strictly. Mm-hmm. That the judgment that falls on those who use their tongues to shape the way people think about Jesus is one that you should not be lining up for. Mm. That you should be given to wow. teaching who Jesus is right. to a culture that desperately needs to know him via calling, not ambition. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be because mm. you speak well. Calling, not ambition. It should be calling, not ambition. Like and not be. It should not be because... You're gifted. You're gifted. Right. It should not be... Because no one else was grabbing the mic. Yeah. It should not be because the culture is set up in such a way. And here's a warning to the artists. The culture, mm. studies have been done on this. It's undeniable. Please don't come with me in the arguments because this is almost foolish to try to push back on what I'm trying to say right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artists shape, especially Christian, especially Christian artists, shape the way Christians think about Jesus often more than their own pastors. Right. It's just a fact. It's the way the world is. Is it ideal? No, it's not ideal. Right, right, right. Okay? We can go through a whole list of stuff that isn't ideal. But it is the reality, though. Right. The reality is you often hold whether or not someone will keep believing based off of what you say in your songs or you hold in your uh, your 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 platform because mm-hmm. a lot of talking online, Instagram right. lives and interviews, right. podcasts. Right. You hold sway right over people's approach to Jesus. That is no small thing. Yeah, and I love that James says here, not just pastors. It doesn't say not many of you should desire to be pastors because pastors. pastors are going to be judged more strictly. Right. Albeit that's true. Right, right, right. But he says. Teachers, right? Which is more than just a pastor. It's much. Of it's, course, the pastor involves teaching for sure. That's make, that I hope makes so. it very clear. Yes, in scripture. But, yes, uh, teachers is wider. Yes, than just the more narrow of being a pastor. In the context, of, in the context that James jumps into in verse three of that mm-hmm. cha- of that chapter mm-hmm. is the usage of the tongue. Right. So much so in verse two, he says, "Hey, we all st- we, we, all, we all stumble." Right. Right. We 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 are not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yet in the control of your tongue, excuse me, yet when it comes to controlling your tongue, if you get that under wraps, you have more control over the agency of your body than almost any other discipline. Right. To get your tongue lined up with the kingdom of God will save your life. And Paul says to Timothy, not just your life, but it'll say the life of your followers. Right. Which connects Timothy's talking, what he says, how he lives his life, and in his doctrine, what he mm-hmm. teaches, to the souls of the people who are following him. It's no small thing, brother. So much so, the scriptures yeah. say, say that we will give an account yeah. for how we used our words. And I have a chapter in the book about that. Yeah, yeah. But how we use our words is serious, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's serious because our words, like God's words, in not in the same way, but in similar fashion, mm-hmm. carry life to this world. 
I mean, God's words literally create worlds. Right. Right? But we create, through our words, a kind of culture of life or a culture of death. Mm -hmm. And man, if that's not something we take serious, if we don't feel the weight of that, then we use our words haphazardly as if God is not going to call you on what you said Mm -hmm. or what you were saying. Mm -hmm. When it comes to people walking away from Jesus, there are a host of reasons that they give. And Mm -hmm. NPR did uh, an article where they quoted a bunch of Pew Research. Uh Um, There's an even more extensive article on all of the reasons why people are walking away from Jesus grid. They did an article, a mass exodus from Christianity is underway and here's why. Mm. Um, I thought there was one other joint that I looked at that was pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Baptist News. Mm -hmm. Baptistnews.com. I asked people why they are leaving Christianity and here's what I heard. This gentleman's analysis named Brandon Flannery Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of last year, December 13, 2022, he released his findings. So he Mm. was collecting data over the last several years Mm -hmm. on why people are leaving the Mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. And I want us to talk about a few of those reasons. Okay. This was not the most salient reason, but it seemed to be the nail in the coffin was that the people who were talking about Jesus in public were the kind of people nobody wants to be like or wants to be around. Ooh. One of the most salient reasons, uh, excuse me, one of the most, um, one, one of the more prominent reasons that was given, it was the most salient nail in the coffin. Right. But there were other things that were weakening people's faith. Right, right, right. But the final like straw the, the was, blow. there was, this was the death blow, is that the individuals who named the name of Jesus are the kind of people that we don't want our children to be like, we don't want to be like them, and we don't want anything to do with them. Um, C.S. Lewis um, when writing a letter to C.S. Lewis about potentially converting to Christianity, author Sheldon Vonnegut mm-hmm. wrestled with the exact things in his book, these exact things in his book, Severe Mercy. He said, the best argument for Christianity is Christians, their joy, their certainty, wow. their completeness. But the strongest argument against Christianity is Christians. When they are somber and joyless, when they are self-righteous and smug and complacent consecration, when they are narrow and repressive, when Christianity, excuse me, then Christianity dies a thousand deaths. Mm. Woo! What's the best argument for faith in Jesus? Yeah, we are the best apologetic. We are. Yeah. What is the worst, uh, what is the most damning uh, argument for for deconversion. Right. We are. Right. Right. And I'm, I, 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 I know this isn't all locked into what we say. Mm-hmm. So we, 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 uh, we have to get into what we do. But let's just park on how we're talking. Right. Okay. Right. As we think about what Christians sound like. Uh-huh. Right. When you do a budget, you're doing projections for the year you are often taking an amalgam or uh, basically a, a summary yep. of 
what the performance is going to look like every quarter. Right, right. So you may have a down quarter the second quarter, but we know we're going to make up for that in the third quarter. Right, right. And that allows us to set a budget because we're not going to base it just off of what happens in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. We know that we're going to kill it in the fourth quarter right. to make up for those losses. Right. So we may have a loss in the second quarter, but, but by the end of the year, we're actually going to be performing or trending up. The stock market is the same yes, way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the stock market over eight years or so or it's, over yeah. a decade, yeah. you may have some significant losses it, like yeah. I do right now. My yeah. stock account is hurting. I feel that. It's in the red. It's in the red, red. Look at Fidelity and be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Get me out of here. No, but, but historically, historically, it goes up. Those dips will be made up for right. by the overall narrative. Yeah, which is why they tell you if you see stuff dipping your stock in, in your portfolio when it comes to stocks, do not just start selling. They everything. say hold on to your butts. Yeah, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> Ride this thing out. All right. My question for us is: what is the amalgam? What is the mm. the summary? Mm-hmm. What is the, mm-hmm. the arching narrative mm-hmm. of who Christians are right. right now in our country? Yeah. Not, it's not. It don't look good, my brother. What's our reputation, King? Right. One of the questions that I ask in the book, which moves more into how are we acting? Yeah, yeah. But if by some crazy swipe of the pen, uh-huh. the government was able to remove every professing Christian from your city, every professing Christian was expelled. Right. Take them all. Leave. What would happen to the city? Mm. Would the city be worse off, or God forbid? Would it be better? Would people live in more unified ways? Would more poor people be protected? Mm. Would there be an easier path for immigrants to become citizens? (sighs) Would some of the vulnerable among us feel more protected? I'll tell you what, God forbid that be true. God forbid. God forbid that be true. But I've read some stories, Mm -hmm. especially during the crisis at the southern border, which is a crisis, brothers and sisters. Yes, yes. This isn't mere exploitation, (laughs) right? You know, people that are going in trying to steal your jobs and your your money. Exactly. And yeah. It's a crisis. It's a crisis. Yeah. The only reason that people jump on boats to go to new land is because the sea is safer than land. Yeah, 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 yeah. Safer than their own country. Right. That's why they risk their lives for it. Yeah. I've heard stories that seem to suggest that some wouldn't even be excited if they heard that people of our tribe, okay, we're 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 uh, socially and theologically conservative. Yeah. That if we heard that y'all was sending a group of them down to help us, we might ask, could you send somebody else? Meansy, what are you saying? Yeah. And how we are, we'll move into actions. Mm -hmm. What do we sound like as a general narrative in this country? Yeah, I think... um... The thing that is disheartening for me is I think that a lot of what folks have been seeing in regards to Christianity is not only just a lot of infighting, number one. Yeah. We're fighting each other sure. a lot. Um, especially <laughs> um, because you have 
a group of Christians that are trying to take things like loving your neighbor, doing justice seriously. Um, and you have another group of Christians that are thinking that those group of Christians are taking it too seriously. Sure, 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 Right, sure. that they're placing it over the gospel. But I think that um, what folks have been seeing is a lot of professing Christians yeah. that are not loving their neighbor sure. the way that they would proclaim that Christians should. Sure, sure, sure. So they, I, I think that they've seen a lot of Christians who have been very resistant to um, immigration. Sure, sure. That does not mean that Christians are basically... Um, that doesn't mean that those Christians who are fighting for immigration are just saying, open the borders, just let sure. everybody in with no... No wall. Absolutely, right? <laughs> but I think that um, what we have seen is we've seen folks... I, I think that the world would say one of the number one words that comes to our mind when it comes to how we think about Christianity is hypocrisy. Oof. Right? Which, by the way, is one of the number one words that comes to Jesus' mind when he was <laughs> establishing his kingdom amongst, amongst the religious establishment. Right. It was hypocrisy. And, and, and I think that what we have to think about yeah. is when we think about Christianity in America, we have to think about it in the context of Christianity being a type of religious establishment. Sure, sure. More than it is, it's necessarily been a kind of um, this, this, this kind of group of individuals who are really trying to transform culture sure. by folks' souls being transformed. Sure. A lot of the ways in which Christianity has gained any kind of popularity or any kind of seat at the table in America has been due not to us being winsome and us actually showing the effect of what happens when the Holy Spirit actually comes into people's hearts and transforms and changes them. Uh, uh. But a lot of the seats at the table that we have for Christ in regards to Christianity in America has come because we have... Uh, done a, a very good job at trying to grab and consolidate power. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, And yeah. so I think that what we... What, and, and, and unpack that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. When you say grab and consolidate power, yeah. what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think that one of the things that we have to remember is Christianity in America um, has a history. Um, and I, I, I think that when we look at Christianity in America, I can't, I mean, we can't go super deep, but I think that when we look at American Christianity, American Christianity has in a very real sense linked itself to the power players within political spaces. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And so that Christians could also enjoy some of the same power that politicians have. Sure. And I think that with that, we have seen folks started starting to, especially with the, the rise of the religious right, Christianity has become another uh, essentially essential political block in America that has been vying for power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And over time, I think that we've seen Christians, not all Christians in politics, but especially what we've seen with the religious right is that they have conflated their faith, their Christianity with um, kind of, you know, I would say right-wing political orthodoxy sure. and made them both kind of the same exact thing. Yes. And in that being the case, we have seen uh we have seen Christians in America, especially uh, uh those in the religious right, uh fight to to gain more power within sure. culture and society, sure. not necessarily by gospel preaching and folks being transformed, sure. but by being able to occupy more political space. Right, right, right. right? It almost makes it uh Christianity becomes is, but 
it needs to stay the default religion yes. so that it is almost frowned upon. Right. I think in all we, of, Christian, we have had zero, we've almost had zero non-Christian presidents. Almost uh-huh. every president that has ever stepped in the White in, in the White House. Oh, you're talking about yeah, has claimed like has claimed some sort of Christian, either Christian themselves or Christian leaning, right? Christian favoring right. position, so that it almost is it is controversial to think we had we would have a Muslim president. Oh my God! Would be would, would or be, an atheist president or an atheist president? It, it, would, yes. it, 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 it would be it would It'd be, be non- almost anti-American. It, so it's. Yeah. It is wedded within what it means to be yeah. in the American project. Yeah, I think that when the American project began, um, I mean, of course, I'm truncating this, but when you think about the beginning of the American project, a lot of what was done with and in the American project, the kind of philosophies in which we were embracing that we should go and conquer, we uh, essentially uh, blessed and sanctified our desire to conquer sure. with Christian knees mm-hmm, and Christian mm-hmm. theology, sure, sure. albeit false Christian theology. So when you think about manifest destiny, sure. destiny, yeah. you think about these folks thinking that God has ordained us to be able to take and conquer this land. He's called us sure. to conquer this land. Yeah. And so what we have seen is that America has, in a very real sense, kind of always sanctified their behavior with this, this kind of uh, Christianese or type, this, this kind of Christianity that would bless and approve of America's desires. Sure. So it's not, hey, God, what are you calling us to do? It's, this is what we are going to do. Sure. And we are, and God is with us in yes, doing it. We need it. you to sprinkle it's, your heavenly blessings yeah, on top of it. It's almost like that. I, I said it in a previous episode last season. It was, uh, I forgot this movie I was watching, but it was like these soldiers that were going to war in the medieval times. And b- what before they would go to war, they would be like, God wills it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like America. <laughs> Said that God wills it. Sure, everything that we are trying How to do accomplish. How do I know He wills it? Because I'm doing. Because I'm doing it. Yes, and 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 I think that one what, what we have to remember is that just because you are able to do something, my my brothers and sisters, wow, wow. does not mean that God is blessing what you are doing or even behind what you're doing. Ooh, he may ooh. be allowing it to happen, but it does not mean that He is that He is giving His stamp of approval on it simply because you can do it. A lot of the times, your opportunities are being able to do something comes from your power and your privileged position. Sure. It, it does not come from necessarily God saying, here, my child, I'm opening sure. up, I'm opening up this door for you to be able to do this. Yes. Um, and so I and, think and can I just stop yeah, you right there go ahead. real quick, brother, and just run down this no, do small it. rabbit. He doesn't do weigh it. that much. <laughs> Last weekend, I was on the road. I was in uh East Texas. Uh-huh. And I just hired a new merch person. Uh, this gentleman travels with me now uh, to do merchandise at shows. Mm-hmm. This gentleman had, over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, been on the biggest Christian tours mm-hmm. one could imagine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I hadn't really, he's worked, this is his second show he's done with us, but the first show I didn't really get to talk to him that much, but we had a long drive, so we got to, we got to mm-hmm. chop it up. Mm-hmm. This brother began to share with me stories. And the kinds of things that he was sharing with me that was going on behind closed doors, the things that I thought weren't even possible, bro. He talked about massive Christian artists whose songs that I have on my playlist that have taken me to the throne of God in my car, in traffic, Mm -hmm. or alone at the house, whatever it may be. 
folks that wrote songs that we feel confident will be singing in heaven. Those same artists sleeping with band members on the road or with background singers, cheating on their spouses as a practice, using illicit drugs. He told me about an experience that they had with cocaine where it was being pushed on him. International artists, bro. I, I said, there's no way this could be true. And honestly, it breaks my heart, bro. It doesn't break my heart. It angers me. Yeah. It angers me because there are good people that will observe all these things and for the sake of saving face, they'll keep going. Right. I'm basing what I'm saying off of hearsay. But bro, and I, let it be a warning. If anybody brings that mess around me, you are not safe. <laughs> KB, because yeah, KB said, I will tell I gonna, on your behind. Call me gunner. <laughs> it's like what Pharrell said on the Drink Chance podcast. He said, do not do that stuff around me because the police come and bust all of us. I am telling on everybody. I'm gonna tell, he said, I am, I am a, a civilian. Teller. I am a civilian. I am not a criminal. <laughs> I am telling on everybody. Bro, I, but I'm telling you, bro, that the things that he was sharing with me with massive acts who with every song they put out, we would say, oh, this is anointed music. Uh, this is music blessed by God. Look at the, 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 the ticket counts. Look at what they've sold out. Look at the platinum records. Look at the gold records. Look at who they get to, the, oh, the doors they got to, oh, that they, they were open to them. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the thing that God values is righteousness. Right. And it is absent. Right. From their operation on every, every level, from the morals of how y'all live with one another to just paying people. Right. What you owe them. Right. As Bro, I am sure of it from my own experience, bro. What I have seen with my own, this is not hearsay, that there is not a direct correlation between public success and righteousness before God, and it can't, bro. it can't be. There's not a connection. Just because you were able to make plays and you can keep making plays says nothing about what God feels about who you are. We know that because we, the wicked make plays all the time. And they and do we well, see Bobby it in Axelrod. The, they do it. <laughs> Don't watch that. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, uh, uh, we see this because the wicked make plays all the time, right? I mean, we see this in Scripture. We see Psalm 73. The psalmist saying, man, God, Yo, the wicked, it feels like the wicked is just going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. And you also see it in Job's friends. Job's friends said, Job, there is a disconnect, uh, there is a, a, it's a conundrum and a disconnect in the flow it's, of right. loving God yep. and public success. Yep. Obviously, you're not loving God because if you were, you would not be suffering the way that you exactly. are. Exactly. It's what Job's friends are basically, basically were saying to him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason that, you know what I'm saying, the reason that you're going through this is because you must have sinned because that's how God works. That's how it works. And we, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. And we see in scripture that that is not the case. Sure. And I think that going back to how I think that that ties into America is that we... America has essentially started has essentially made God in their own image. Mm. We are patriots. We love this country. Yeah. And then and, and that's where you get the whole God and country slogan from. Yeah. Is that we make God an American patriot. Yeah. We say that our interest as a nation is God's interest. Sure. And that is not true. Yeah. It is not true. Yeah. We have made Christianity a civic religion. Sure. Which means that that's not necessarily a a 
religion that's really efficacious to the soul. Sure. It's just it's what it means to be American. Sure. What it means to be American is also what it, it is also to be Christian. Sure. That's what you see in a lot of conservative spaces. So you got all of these guys, like you got a, a, a Alex Jones who can who can go on TV, take his shirt off, and curse everybody out, <laughs> and then turn around and talk about Judeo Christian his his Judeo Christian values and sure. how he loves God. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and 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 you can see the same thing with other conservatives that may do some some similar things. Sure. Again, we talk about the reason that we continue to bring up January 6 is because January 6 was a great display sure. of what we are talking about. It was literally like a live display. Sure. Like a a uh, a masterclass as and <laughs> yeah. what we are talking about. Yeah. Where you have God and country, where you have Jesus. And America being conflated together sure. as one. Yeah. There's this what we call syncretism. Yeah. Where people are sinking their uh loyalty to America and uh uh these kind of right wing nationalistic yeah. even values. That, is your loyalty to America? Right. Or is your loyalty to your version of America? Your version of America. Sure. So exactly. Because you're not gonna find you're not gonna find people on the. I just say this because the majority of people that are talking about like America, God, and country are America. people on the right. Sure. You're not gonna find people on the left that says they they that necessarily like we hate America. Sure. That's not that's not how they would say that we love this country too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But their their version of America may look different than the people on the right's version of America. Sure. But what I'm saying is that you had folks there that were saying, you know, that Jesus is my president. I mean, Jesus is my savior. Donald Trump is my president. You got cats out there that that got G, that were singing worship songs and then also storming the Capitol at this. You know what I'm saying? Praying so, on the house and, floor. And then praying. Yeah, cats praying on the house floor as they stormed the Capitol, sanctifying their rebellion by making themselves believe that God is uh, 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 approving of or God is um, sanctioning what they are doing sure. for America. Yeah. And so I think that um, when I talk about power grabbing is that I think that Christians in uh, the political sphere, especially Christians that are on the right or the religious right, we have seen that there have been a lot of Christians whose concern is keeping Christianity relevant and keeping Christianity popular by power, not by transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why there are so many Christians that are so scared for liberal politicians to be in power sure. because they're scared that they are going to lose power. Sure. But oh dear Christian, your power in America as Christians never lied in the ballot box. Come on, sir. It never lied in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus yeah. made it very clear that the way that the kingdom when the that the way that the kingdom moves is in ways that is very insignificant. Sure. He says that clearly in scripture. Sure. sure. That it's gonna be in ways that people are not even recognizing. Sure. It's like this little seed that grows into this huge tree That's right. that no one is actually recognizing yes. is growing at all. And then yes. before they recognize that it's here, it's too late. Sure. The tree is already is so big, it's taking over everything. Yes. That's how the kingdom moves. Yes. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that we should not have political movements yeah. in our nation. Sure, sure. That should be very, that, that should be, like, like, we, like, we shouldn't be leading on the forefront. Sure. I think that we should be changing and affecting culture. Sure. But what I'm saying is that the, the, the Christian's uh, uh, goal cannot be power grabbing and consolidating power 
to just us. Yes, yes, at yes. At the yes. expense of everyone else. Sure, sure, sure. And 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 so that I mean, we have we see all of the big talk about Christian nationalism. That's where all of that stuff is coming from. Yeah. And so I I think that um, where it's, it almost becomes uh, this this is hyperbolic, but. If we could make Christianity so legislated in this country, it'd be illegal to be anything else. So that that's ex- would, so that you wouldn't have to. For example, if we have a an argument, a, a sexual ethic, right. that we want to bring to the conversation right. with the LGBTQAI mm-hmm. uh-huh. community, you could do the work of persuasion mm-hmm. of wrestling through the issues and also suffering the wrath of being seen as a hater even if you're not. Yep. That's an option mm-hmm. which was an option that a lot of folks in the early church took. Okay? Because mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about Pilate right now looking at Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you were to tell Pilate you know that 2,000 years from now that this dude's religion is going to be the dominant religion of the world. Mm-hmm. Pilate was this was another day in Pilate's yeah. where he was even confused why this was even causing so much of an uproar. Right. He literally was like, This is who is this dude? Why? Yeah. I wash my hands and I and I I, I keep on, mm-hmm. on moving. Mm-hmm. This is the seed that Jesus represented something uh that was fragile, that could right. pass away easily. He can crucify out of existence. Right. But no, that's not how the kingdom works. It's a resurrecting religion that through mm-hmm. death. Life emerges more powerful than it did than, than anyone can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about the ways in which you could choose the path of grace and mm-hmm. gospel and Christian witness mm-hmm. as a means of of impacting that community. Mm-hmm. Or you can legislate that mug. Right. And you can make it illegal for them to be anything else. You can right. make it so that they can't have free agency moving through the, through the yeah. country. They can't join certain organizations. Right. They, they, they can't uh, lead that you have the right to discriminate against them because of their sexual orientation. That's also a way that gives you the sword as a means by which you get people to conform to your agenda. And you can say, this is the, 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 the temptation, I would say, or, mm-hmm. or maybe, yeah, this is the temptation. Is that, but the agenda is good. Mm-hmm. The agenda to be able to worship in a country where I am free to move and, and act according to what my convictions mm-hmm. lie, mm-hmm. as long as it isn't infringing on somebody mm-hmm. else's convictions. Mm-hmm. The, the, the ability to, uh, to, to live in a world where I can observe the, the, uh, the tenets of my faith in my home and in public without worrying about being put in jail for it, mm-hmm. uh, that I can keep my tax status mm-hmm. if I'm a religious organization, yeah. uh, that I can have some real separation between the state if I am committed to my religion. Those are good Christian agenda points, right. one would say. Right. So if the agenda is right, then the means by which we achieve the agenda must also be right, that's not whether it's by sword or by sword. You feel what I'm <laughs> yep. saying? Sword is the only option. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and, and I think that that's what we see. Yeah. And we see that it is, I think um, you put it, I think that you put it very well when you, talk, <laughs> when you talked about we can legislate 
all of our convictions through, and that's how we bring transformation. Sure. But it's not. Yes. That's how we bring behavior modification. Sure. Which Jesus is not after behavior modification. Sure. He's, after, he's after transformation. Sure. He's after your heart. And you usually do not get to people's heart through law. Sure. I mean, I think that we even see that in scripture. It's not the law that transforms the heart. Can I also say this too, Meansy? Yeah, we saw that with Israel. The laws, that, the, exactly. The can, law The law makes you aware. Can, can I say this too? What, what? And here's the, another, and I, I hate to sound Zinger-esque right uh -huh. now. I ain't trying to yeah, Jesus juke nobody. Not only is the law not been a great tool for transforming hearts in the world, mm -hmm. y'all laws haven't been a good tool for transforming your own lives. The strength of your belief in traditional marriage mm -hmm. has not been the, imp the impetus of saving marriages it's, in the it's church. It's not been, yeah. It's not been buried out in marriages in the church surviving Shh. without divorce. It'd be, it'd be one thing if you're bringing to the conversation yeah. all the fruits of the laws you've practiced. <laughs> Look how much we've thrived. Look how much we have warded off divorce. Right. Warded off sexual abuse and right. sexual assault. Look at how we've come join yep. the community of love that, that, that God has imagined us to be in Scripture. Is that what we're bringing to the conversation? Because let me just say, and I'm tipping, I'm tipping my hand mm -hmm. for the end of this episode. But if we jump into the conversation to be hated and ridiculed for our narrow opinions, right? we at the very least need to have fruit. bountiful fruit. Right. Narrow opinion. It's a narrow way in which we sow seeds and water them and bring about a harvest. Right. But the harvest is real. Right. Look at the life change. Right. This is the story of Christian hip-hop in our community. Absolutely. This is the story of HGA. Yeah. That we came to the table embracing a lot of the narrow points, mm -hmm. still embrace them to this day, yeah. but the narrow points that we are ridiculed for in the world, our families looked at us like, yo, what are y'all on? Right. But what was undeniable was the ways in which we turn from drugs, the ways in which we turn from a life of lasciviousness, true. The, the ways in which we became agents of healing, right. the ways in which our education got... I'm not talking about we were dumb. Right. I'm saying that we actually cared about what our schooling meant because we wanted to honor God with our books. Right, right. It made a difference that was undeniable and then persuasive. Right. I don't know what... People are standing in freezers that are negative 170 degrees, like me, cryotherapy. Yeah. Why would anyone think that would be a good idea? That sounds insane. Right. I don't like 30-degree weather. Right, right. Why would I go why in would negative? Why would I go get in an ice bath? Or right. why would I stand in a, ch a chamber? Right. Because I see the fruit of it. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather fought till he was 40. Right. Swearing by the the anti-inflammatory effects of ice of of of, of chambers right. that are uh, that 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 are below zero, right? Or ice baths, or so on and right. so forth. Right. It's a very harsh, narrow road that few will find. Mm -hmm. But the fruit of the effort is undeniable. He's fighting till he's forty years old. Right. That is how Christianity is intended to be. Right. We can't apologize for the narrowness of what it is that we believe. Right. But you ought to be able to peek behind that and see flourishing in our performance as people. Right. Right. And that's what I think is missing. Yeah. You got the narrowness, 
but it's also followed up by a barren, empty, fruitless field. Yeah. If it's narrow, if it's a narrow, if it's if it's like this narrow belief, then it needs to be a broad range. It needs to be broad, uh, bountiful. As you said, like medicine. surplus of fruit. Yes. Right. Like, yes. like that. Like, yeah, like no one medicine. Loves sipping on. No one. I don't know anybody that likes taking Robitussin. Robitussin. Yeah, I don't know. No <laughs> one that loves or is just sipping on Robitussin when they're not sick. Yeah. But but people take it because it suppresses your cough very well. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And and it's the fruit. I, it's the fruit of it. You're right. And and I think that that's hurt that hurts us. Yeah. Is that we have these narrow we we have these we we're coming to the table with a lot of the narrow beliefs. Which I believe are biblical. Sure. Um, but we that that there's fruit that's lacking. Yeah. And then you have Christians in in culture and society that are coming to the table, but they're linking their Christianity with partisanism. Sure, sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is which is different. Sure. I always say that in past episodes. Partisanism, political partisanism and political tribalism is not the same as Christianity, sure, y'all. Sure, sure, sure. It's not the same. These political parties existed outside of the Christian worldview. They did. And so you have Christians linking their Christianity to a kind of partisanism where the orthodoxy of the party becomes the orthodoxy of the Christian. Wow, 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 wow. And the problem with that is that when the orthodoxy of the Christian is challenged, I, and, 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 I, and I'm saying that there's a difference, I think, between political orthodoxy of a party and like historical Christian orthodoxy sure. that we're talking about. Yeah. But you have a lot of Christians that may say we're gonna, we're linking our arm with, let's say, the the, the conservative wing of politics, sure, right? Sure. Or let's just say Republicans. Yes. They're the Republicans' political orthodoxy, though, then becomes linked to my faith in such a way that if I pull Republican orthodoxy away from your Christianity, it feels like I'm pulling Christianity away from sure, it. Sure, you know what sure. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that becomes a problem for us too because it 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 makes Christians uh feel like they have to be beholden to a political party sure, sure. in culture and society. Sure. And I think that we are called as Christians to be above and transcendent um uh I, I I'm sorry. I think that we in society are called to be transcendently above left and right wing loyalties when it comes to politics. Sure, sure, sure. I all, we always say this before that the kingdom is not left or right, but it's up. That's right. Which means that God is going to challenge all sides yeah, yeah. of the political spectrum. Yeah, yeah. But I think that our reputation in America has been linked only with the right side of the political spectrum sure. mainly. Sure, sure, sure. Um and being and unwilling answer, to challenge it. Yes. And the answer is not for you to become linked with the left side of the That is not equation. what we're saying. The, 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 the answer is just to find something that isn't in the middle. That's right. also what we're not saying. Right. We're not saying that you should be balanced. Mm -hmm. Find a way to, <laughs> to, to sit squarely suspended in midair. Right. Nah. Yeah. We're saying that you should be bringing something that is deeper than right. with the culture. Mm -hmm. Counterculture. Mm -hmm. It should be other culture. Right. This is a whole way, a whole approach to the way the world should work and who we should be. Right. That is not found in the halls of Congress on either side of the equation. Mm -hmm. It is found in the kingdom of God. It's found in the church. Right. Let those things. When we say that Christ is preeminent. Yeah. How could we say it's God and country? It, we we. 
To, to say that Jesus is... It can't be God and country. Yeah, to say that Jesus is preeminent, it is God over country. Yeah. He's not first on the list. He is at the top of everything on the list. Yeah. He is the list. He is the list. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and if that isn't something, if we don't smell like that, yeah. that that's not the flavor or is that, is that, that's not the temperature of our environments when people step in. They're just finding more of what they already, already have. have yep. What is different about this? Yeah. One of the things that studies are showing is that people are leaving Christianity. And they're not picking up another religion either. Mm. They're just going non-religious. Or they're saying, I still love Jesus. I just cannot be affiliated with anything that is institutionalized Ooh. as Christianity, Ooh. which creates its own kind of problem. Yeah, because it's like, I don't feel like I'm leaving Jesus, but I'm leaving the institution. I can't be around this. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. In both of those, in, in, in when, when we're looking at those, uh, those scenarios, we see, in my opinion, the wanting is for people to have something. Mm-hmm that in some ways is a, a recasting or, because no one is introducing Jesus to the world in a new nuanced way. And I right. think, and let, let, let me just park right there for one second. Because mm-hmm. you can approach this politically, right? You can, you, you can, which we should, because mm-hmm. especially if you're on Twitter a lot. We have to have a witness. You'll, you'll see that uh, it is a uh, troublesome, troublesome entanglement that politics have with Christianity that is causing mm-hmm. um, a repellent for Jesus and for uh, uh, a, a repellent for the church and for Christ Jesus in this world. Mm-hmm. But there's also other ways in which the repellent is obvious particularly in how we do church, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not talking about format. Uh, personally, I don't care much about what, you know, whether y'all preach first or last or mm-hmm. if, if offering is in a box right. in the back or y'all give a presentation for it, the announcements are online or if you're giving in a basket or you're maybe tithing through Cash App. Right. I, all of those things seem wildly unimportant to right, me. Right, right. But what we can do in the pursuit of excellence, hold on, give me a second here. Oh boy, I'm treading lightly on thin ice. Tread light. In the name of excellence, mm-hmm. many a church organization have given themselves to more of a corporate culture than a counterculture. Mm. Uh, they've given themselves to, I had a friend of mine tell me just two weeks ago, she said that. She stopped going to her church, and she said, I'm good. I just, I just listened to y'all podcast. She knows exactly who, I, who I'm talking about. And I'm like, sister, I love you. Listen to the podcast, but I need you. I need you to get, get into church. church. Yeah. You need to come to my wife's small group. Mm-hmm. But I love her support, and she's a godly, yeah. wonderful sister. Shout out. She ended up leaving her church. She was going to a larger church in the area because she said she felt like every Sunday was the launch Sunday. Yeah. This church has been around for a long time. Right. But every Sunday, it was clear that they were just trying to make the place, to make a first impression on every, the new every, people that right. were there. So it's uh, this, we're doing, you know, every now and then we do something special for the company. We yeah, all go to, right. we're going to have a steak Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're going to bring ribeyes in right, and grill. Right. But if we were doing that every week, every day, yeah. 
Then we're not working. We're grilling T-bone right, steaks. Right. And that's what she felt like. It felt like it was, we had the steak dinner in, uh, introduction, but that's it never all stopped. we're doing every never, single never week. Stop. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like member appreciation and every, pastor appreciation yeah, yeah, right. every, every Sunday. Sunday. So it felt like they were just reintroducing themselves every Sunday. Man, that is such a great way to put it. Yes. I've, I've, I've felt that before when I've gone places, but yeah. that is such great language for it. Yes. Yeah, A, yeah, a launching sure. service it every, was like a launch every service Sunday. service every single Sunday, and it works. Yeah, it does. Because that budget is full. That's oh why I said gosh. corporate culture. Right. We got a full staff right. to keep this place lit. You know how much it costs for the lighting, the light bill for some of these mega churches oh alone gosh. is the entire budget of my church right. and five other churches. Your church, your grandmother's yeah, church. Her yeah. grandma church right. and they right, right exactly. We got to make a bottom. There is a bottom line that has to be compensated for, pardon the pun. And what I'm saying is, is that you're when you're thinking about the corporate impression that you're making, yeah. you're not thinking about what it means for our people right. to become these different, these difference makers in the city. Right, right. These little taste these shaves uh-huh. shavings of the, of, kingdom, of the kingdom wherever yeah. they are yeah that they are they are they are the, the crumbs that fall off the master's table right. into the city right. where people are like where do you get that from right right that's not our focus we are not pouring millions of dollars into our people's formation right we're pouring millions of dollars into our people's experience of our presentation. And then saying that is for people's formation. And then say it because, ooh, I'm treading lightly because I'm a part of this. Mm-hmm. All right? As a Christian artist mm-hmm. that could arguably, arguably call, be called entertainer. Christian entertainer. Yeah. Which is just a facsimile <laughs> of secular entertainment. Pretty much. If it is not rooted in something that is discipleship oriented mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is and right. i'm not saying that's wrong i'm just saying that's what it is right okay mm-hmm. but fam people are not transformed by presentations they are inspired by presentations yeah and they may be drawn they are drawn and by presentations and inspiration Feels like transformation. Mm, oh, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that, that's a whole podcast that's right a whole there. Whole podcast. Inspiration feels like transformation. Uh, I hear it often. People will say that they some clip you said changed their life, mm-hmm. it, and, and I praise God. So, some some clip you put out changed their life. I praise God for that. But oftentimes, it was really just the straw that broke the camel's back. It right. was the last bit right. of confirmation you needed for something that God had been doing in your life already. already. Right. Uh, or, or perhaps it was the pathway for you to go jump into the thing that did transform your life. Right. But transformation is like transformation in nature. Right. It's slow. It's steady. It's a slow cook. It's yeah. based off of nutrition, right. the right environment, right, right. avoiding pitfalls that could get you killed right, right. And, or get you maimed or make you sick. The same way that a tadpole's tadpole grows into an asexual frog. Right. That was a shout out to the beginning of this episode. <laughs> the way a tadpole goes into a frog, the metamorphosis. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what growth looks like in the Christian. Right. Sometimes you have 
huge steps. Right. And sometimes it's very small it's, incremental. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about what it, it, it feels like in like the process of building a house. Right. They lay down the foundation. They get the walls put up. In this day, day and age, because of the shortage, shortage of labor, oh. then that thing will sit right. for like four months, five yep. months, yep. six months yep. with small incremental uh, you know, ch- uh, changes. But at the end of the day, it takes process for something yeah. to stand. It's evolution. It's how it, that's how transformation works. Yeah. Now, I do believe in the, 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 you know, this is more of a, a church tradition right. of deliverance, that right. God can step in and touch you. One of my best friends, mm-hmm. Aaron Bryant, this man was addicted to everything. Mm-hmm. And in trusting Jesus, God stripped it all away. Yeah, man. Was now, now, he still had urges, yeah. but they were not stronger than his urge to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. God delivers. Yeah. We should pray for that. Right. However, here's another one of the pitfalls. Um, I am walking on thin ice, brother. It would be inappropriate to build an entire ministry on deliverance. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if what people expect when they come to your church is that in a sermon point, in a moment of worship, in a tithing effort or a giving effort, that everything that they need to become somebody else happens moment by moment. That is not transformation per se. That is deliverance. But God typically delivers from glory to glory not in these massive steps of all the things I mm-hmm. need to be glorified happen in these moments yeah, right. that happen at a, at a service. Yeah. People begin to, ch- oh my goodness, have mercy, Lord. People, even though the heart of the pastor may be as pure as they come, and I am grateful for my pastors out there that focus on God meeting with people in services. Amen. Because we need to- Opening up microphones for right. people to come up and share right. their ailment that we might pray and then- Close our eyes and open them to see if God did the work. Right, right. I am grateful for pastors that remind us that God is the same God who healed in the past right, right now. Amen. Amen. But if the draw of your entire ministry is just that. Yeah. And we stand up all the stories of God doing that. Right. And we stand up none of the stories of how God brought little Johnny in when he was 13 years old. Mm. No crazy story. Of, of deliverance, but moment by moment discipleship where he walked with Jesus and now he's on fire for yeah, God. Right. Having sat under our ministry for 10 years. Right. I don't share those stories. Those yeah. stories aren't sexy. Right. But if and that's not the story that people want to come for. People, it, that's, that doesn't draw because people want, in. Yeah, we want a microwave, we want a microwave guy. And what we want that deliver- does, yeah. it does, and this is to Jackie Hill Perry's point, that it does make our what we do more magic than ministry. These are, these are, this is magical, right? but it's not ministerial per se, right. where I'm going for a potion. I'm going yep. for a spell. And that needs to be something we think about as individuals too. Sure, absolutely. Like, are we going to church like, man, God, I'm just, I'm just, I just, I'm waiting for this moment. Sure. I've been struggling with this. I just need a moment yeah, 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 yeah. where something happens and it's gone. Yes. That's not, that, Typically how it happens. And we're disappointed when it doesn't happen. Yes. Because God has something more impressive. Mm-hmm. When I think about Peter walking, uh, Peter going out on the ocean yeah. or the, the, the sea that they were on, uh-huh. wa- taking a few steps and then sinking. And then we, mm-hmm. most of our sermons are us criticizing him for that. Right. 
which most of us wouldn't even been able to do that. That's so right. I'm like, Jesus, you, you, you're on your own, brother. I don't know about this one. But he walks out. He takes two or three steps on water. But he did walk on water. Yeah, he did. Which is impressive. Absolutely. But not nearly as impressive is the fact that he got back on land and walked with Jesus all the days of his life until he was crucified upside, upside down. down. Yeah. Absolutely. What was more impressive? Even after the, he failed Jesus. At, yes. After he rejected he him. He bounced back from his fall. That's a good one to throw in there too, yeah, brother. Yeah, you Yeah. Because literally that's, rejected That's him. all of our story. Oh my gosh. I ain't walked on water before. Right. But I've had to bounce back from a fall before. Oh my gosh. I mean, he and, and, and Peter's fall wasn't small. It wasn't small, It was, brother. hey, I'm calling down curses upon yes. me to show you how much I was not with this man. He denounced Jesus, yes, man. Yes, Literally. Explicitly, having been closer to him, arguably than any one of than us. Any of us, the, yeah. So, bruh, what's impressive is not that Jesus had said to the man. What is impressive is Jesus told the man to get up and walk. When you think about the invalid, mm -hmm. but what's even more, what's more impressive is that that invalid would then become a walker with Jesus all the days of his life, mm -hmm. spreading that message to others. That's God's trophy. Mm -hmm. God's trophy is not a moment. God's trophies aren't, aren't merely a moment of the miraculous. Right. The true miracle, mm -hmm. as Leonard Ravenhill, Leonard Ravenhill would say, is God taking that moment and then turning it into a life. Mm -hmm. Save an unholy man, leave him in an unholy world, and make him holy incrementally, incrementally, regardless of what's going on around him. Right. That's power, King. That's power. Mm -hmm. And I think that if our ministries are built on only talking about God's hand to heal right. and not God's hand to hold, mm -hmm. then we give people um, a carnival-like experience, amusement. Mm. It's an amusement park kind of experience, which, all that to say, is also eventually a repellent for Jesus. Right. You hit all the fine print. I showed up for A, and you're telling me that the Bible says it's actually C. What does that then do to my faith? Right. Well, I have any use for this. I had a dude tell me one time, I'll never forget this. I remember when I, where I was sitting. This may not sound that deep to y'all, but it hit me hard no, when I heard oh, it. Yeah. I was talking to him about the problems of the prosperity gospel and how there could be a world where Jesus is meeting with people and, and, and working towards their, their, their flourishing and their joy and their wholeness and their happiness and their healing, and it does not include making them rich. Mm -hmm. This man said to me, if all of if Jesus is not promising me that, what use do I have for Christianity? Oh, no, you didn't. That's what he said to me, bro. Jesus was a genie. He was ATM. Genie in a bottle, baby. <laughs> and we are going to church trying to figure out how to rub that lamp the right wow. way. Wow. Christina, that was from uh, Theologianess. Yeah, Theologianess, Christina, Christina Aguilera. King, that Saint is Christina. a problem. St. Christina said it. <laughs> That is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. is also, it's not, so that we talked about it from a political standpoint, but it's also from a ministerial standpoint. Right. If right. y'all are standing up, that's not to say that there's something wrong with having six flags at your church. Isn't it mm -hmm. like having LED screens or smoke <clears throat> right. or laser light shows and stuff like that? But you have to work hard lest you be like a firework. Yeah. That as quickly as we are blown away by the explosion of growth and access and 
ministerial power. Right. At that same speed, it all dissipates. Right. And you're left with a bunch of people that do not know God. Right. But they, but they, yeah. They do not know God, but they know amusement. That's right. Yeah. You can be good at putting butts in the seat and be terrible at putting butts in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That you can have a church full of members, but not disciples. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem. Right. That contributes to why people are walking away. Right. So we got to be cognizant of that as well. Right, right. Ultimately, the... The culture is in a place right now where they are walking into churches and they are finding that they, they're walking into churches thirsty, mm-hmm. but they are not leaving with the thirst quenched. Yes. And though in the study, there are multiple reasons why individuals give, why people give for why they are uh, becoming a uh, an ex-Christian. Right. Um, there was a massive hashtag on TikTok a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, last year. Massive hashtag. Millions of impressions. People saying that they were ex-Christians. Oh, because wow. what that does, when you come out and say, I left Jesus and I'm living my life now. I have actually, which I don't like a lot. Yeah. Uh, but when folks say, I have found freedom by leaving Jesus. I'm like, yeah. My man, that's the whole thing over here. Yeah. That's the theme. That's the flavor. Yeah. You look on the can. What flavor is this? Freedom. Freedom. Freedom flavor. Yes. <laughs> that's the... Uh, freedom this, grape. Uh, yeah, freedom. freedom cherry. <laughs> freedom tropical punch. Freedom mango. Freedom, freedom mango twist. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but no, And we have the new edition where we mix, we mix Mountain Dew with uh, freedom. So Freedom uh, Dew. It's called Freedom Dew <laughs> or Dew Freedom. Because uh, every man is Dew Freedom and process. Anyways... But when you come out publicly, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a person of influence, Mm -hmm. and say, hey guys, I'm out the closet, I'm not with Jesus anymore, Mm -hmm. you do signal to those who are struggling, the water is fine. Mm -hmm. Dive in. Now. Now it's good for you. On Uh, this side of me. Or I've set the table. (laughs) There's plenty more room for you here. Right, right, right. When you do that, you, you are strengthening people's. Uh, confidence to take that leap. Yeah, you know for I'm sure, saying? for sure. Um, and I think that you know, obviously, for us, mm-hmm. I know for 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 some people listening, to this they would like they they will say, "Good, that's the point." Mm-hmm. For us, we would say that's not good. Yeah, because it sounds to me that there's a fundamental fundamental misunderstanding who Jesus is. Not misunderstanding; it's more than misunderstanding. Right, experience of who mm-hmm. Jesus is. Um. That would have us to think that there's more freedom apart from the guy who's all about freedom, right? So, since that's the the the, the setting, that's just a scenario that we're dealing with. That mm-hmm. that folks are in mass walking out, often helped by people who were in and were right. trusted, right? Not to mention the scandals as well. Yep, the, co- the 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 covering up of all of the sexual abuse. Absolutely, that is a huge one, man. When people, when when, when ministers of the gospel, fam, that we trusted, mm-hmm. whether they were preaching or singing or podcasting, mm-hmm. a part of why we follow what they say is because we think they're living it out. I mean, right? We think that your argumentation, right? Your theodicies, right? Your apologetics, your explanations, yeah. 
your witty one-liners, your dope worship songs yeah. are coming from a place that you've experienced. Right. Your sermons and your books and your preaching and your teaching and your songs should not be taking me to a place in Jesus that you're not right. at. Right. And that's what we often find. And when it comes out that this whole time you were frequenting strip clubs, mm-hmm. that you were f- frequenting CD mm-hmm. massage parlors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you were, you know, lying on, on your taxes or cheating on your wife, whatever it may be. Right, right. I know right. Some, of the, some of that could be false allegations, but some of that stuff is, 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 is proven. Objectively. Objective right. wickedness. Right. It also makes us question the truth is Jesus as good as you say he is, mm-hmm. or are you just good at talking about Jesus' goodness? Right. Is Jesus as good as he says he is, or are you just really good at saying Jesus is good? Right. Which one is it? Right. Because we are connecting the goodness of Jesus in your speech inevitably to the goodness of Jesus in your lifestyle. Right. All of that weakens people's confidence, their faith. And I know, I hear the argument, well, you should never put your faith in a man. Put your faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus never let you down. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters, that's not how the Bible is written. Right. In fact, God is not even saying that in judgment. Yeah. When we see, uh, uh, when Jesus gives the warning about causing people to stumble, he doesn't say, don't worry about it. It was their <laughs> fault for not trusting me. That's oh, true. Point. He says, if you cause my little ones to stumble, Oh boy, I'm coming for you. Right. I'm coming for you with a weight that is significant enough that it would make sense for you to, to, to tie a cinder block around your neck and jump off the Howard Franklin into the to the Tampa Bay. Right. All right? Right. It's serious. Misleading right. people is serious. Yeah. But that's where we are, brother. And the scandals are not stopping. Mm-hmm. Quick takeaways and we're done. Mm-hmm. Number one, let that be a warning to us all. Yeah. God loves to bless and use people for his glory who are serious about removing those things from their lives mm-hmm. that would sully their witness. Yeah. Now that could be, that could be our continual fight with lust or pornography. Mm-hmm. God blesses that war that you wage. Yeah. It is also the war to be discerning. With your liberties. Yeah. Oh, I might be able to do such and such, but that doesn't mean I should do it. Mm-hmm. Just because it's permissible doesn't right, mean that right. it's profitable. Right. Mm-hmm. There are some things that I should p- perhaps recuse myself in right. for the sake of the witness, for the sake of people not having obstacles in front of them for following Jesus yeah. because of my behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That may mean I put the certain spaces I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have that. That that uh, rum and coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that that might mean that there are rallies mm-hmm. that I can't show up for yeah. because of their affiliation with things that are repelling people from Jesus. Right. Exactly. We got to be careful with how we carry ourselves for the sake of the witness. And the question is, are we even thinking about it? Right. Are you thinking about how your life, whether it is explicit preaching? Or subtle living, which is big. Right. Just subtly in at Starbucks. Right, right, right. At the light when you pull up to the homeless dude. Yeah. And how you respond to somebody on Twitter. Yeah. And what you comment on Facebook or Instagram. 
what you do with your money, the subtle ways in which you love Jesus. Mm -hmm. A strong witness for Christ is not built on massive moments of mountainous, mountainous movement. Right. But by small pieces of sand, small moments of faithfulness, little acts of obedience that then build. Compound. That compound into a massive witness. Right. God is serious about that. Give yourself to that. So I would mm -hmm. say that, uh, that, that that's the, the first step that we think about in this recovery. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the world knows what we think about a whole myriad of issues. Right. They know how narrow our truth is, and we should not apologize for it. Right. But though they know how narrow our truth is, do they actually know how wide our love is right. for them? Right. I mean, do we ever hear? I didn't expect to see you here. You ever hear that? Do you ever hear? That these Christians showed up to this event? Yes. Or that these Christians showed up and did this thing? They started yes. a GoFundMe for this particular? Yes. Never hear that, man. Is it possible that when the Not Bible says speak the truth in love, right. that there's a component of that, that it shouldn't be something that is just invisible and in your heart. Oh, I did it out of love because they need to hear it. Right. It's well, not de facto of argumentative. To speak the truth in love should be experiential right. for the target. Right. Even if I'm not saying that if they don't think we're loving them, then we're not loving them. I'm not saying that at all. Right. What I'm saying is that there's even the, for many of us, there's not even a potential mm -hmm. for those who disagree with us to feel that we still love them because we have no effort in actually showing them right. that we still love them because we only show up to disagree with them. Yeah. Or or to just give them a gospel presentation. Exactly. Which newsflash, as much as we want to say that preaching the gospel to someone is loving. Yes. Uh, it never says in scripture that just because you preach the gospel to someone means that you love them. You've accomplished love. That's love not what the Bible done. says. Bible doesn't say that anywhere. Not we say that once. The Bible does not say that. Yes, we have preaching to. the gospel to someone is loving. Yes, 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 yes. But just because you preached it to them or you're telling someone the truth doesn't mean that you are loving them. Absolutely. And we could. I think that we get those things confused. What we want. Well, I love them. That's why I'm telling them the no, truth. I did. There it is. I told them. That's I told them the truth. You're making an argument for your love, right? But your yeah. love shouldn't have to be an argument. It should just be understood. Uh, yes. First Corinthians 13 is not an argument. It's an understanding. And get this wow. too. You can say, well, they're non-believers. They don't have spiritual stimuli or the spiritual minds to know when they are getting my love. Well, that's not what Jesus said. <laughs> that's so Jesus true. said that. We should be able to live in such a way that those outside of the community of faith yes. can see our good works and do what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glorify yeah. our Father that yeah. is in heaven. Right. Fam. Uh-huh. This is not supposed to be... Uh, there are obviously there's going to be facets. I can give five arguments right now of, of examples of someone acting in love, speaking in love, and still it being discerned as hate. Right. I am not merely talking about that, but that's not really our. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but that's not really our problem, right? No, it's not. That's not really the. That's not the Christian witnesses issue yes. right here. <laughs> that is a ditch, right? That we can fall in, but we're on the other side, right? Exactly. We're falling on. Oh, I did my Christian duty. I'm out of here. Leave with my disagreement, not my love. Right. So what I'm saying is, I'll sum it up like this. A part of, and it's a lot of work, Southside Rabbi is, Southside Rabbi, my book, Dangerous Jesus, all my music, 
it exists to be a part of the revival effort mm-hmm. to see Christ exalted for who he is and not how folks interpreted him right. in this nation. Right. But to see the true Jesus high and lifted up and see people in droves falling to worship him. Mm-hmm. We want to be a part of that. Right. And one of the means by which we do that is understand that oftentimes our truth is like a naked Christmas tree. Now, the Christmas tree may be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You might have found the big ones. Let's say you got 20-foot ceilings in your house, so you were able oh, to get that, good. And that it smell like boy. And it smell like straight pine. Now, I'm talking about you walking in that thing, it feel like a brand new air freshener. You understand me? I'm talking fluffy, full Christmas tree. If you stand a beautiful Christmas tree as healthy as an ox in your 20-foot ceiling having living room, okay? Excuse the weirdness of that, that sentence structure. Sentence structure. But you don't put anything on it. Right. I don't care how beautiful the tree is. People are going to say, what's wrong with it? Yeah. They're, or they're going to walk in the mug and say, it's not done, right? Yeah, what? When are you guys Do gonna, you need me to help you put up yeah, some ornaments? with it. Because it's naked. Because the tree becomes the tree in all its glory when it's adorned mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. ornaments mm-hmm. and uh, candy canes. Right, right. And a lights. star on top yeah. and lights. Right. That's when the tree shines right, for the world. That's right. when it becomes the light uh-huh. of the house. Amen. Which is supposed to be at Christmas, a representation of Jesus, <laughs> the light of the world. Right, right, right. Okay? Our truth is similar. Our truth is like that wonderful, beautiful, healthy, uh, tall, stalwart, yeah. cornbread-fed tree. Mm-hmm. Okay? But our life, as the scripture tells us, mm-hmm which, by the way, you will be judged off of for no other reason. Right. God's going to hold you accountable, not how sharp your gospel presentation was, per se. Right. But how did you live your life? Right. But the scripture tells us our lives are what adorns that tree so that when people experience it, they are moved by the marriage of the two, Mm -hmm. life and doctrine. Amen. If we might get serious about that, then I hope by God's grace that my book helps people do that. Mm-hmm. I hope that this South, that Southside Rabbi is helping people do that. Mm-hmm. Will we not see a emergence of a Christianity that cannot be denied? Yes. Because it is winning the hearts of people and transforming their lives by love, not by might. Amen. This has been Southside Rabbi. My name is K to the second letter. I mean the dream. We and we love y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, we just wanted to say shout out to our sponsor of the podcast, Native Supply. Make yeah. sure that you get your gear yeah. at native.supply. You see me rocking the Libre shirt. It's actually a throwback. You know what I'm saying? This is vintage. You know, you can't get this no more, y'all. But listen, go on native.supply, get dripped out for the kingdom. You know what I mean? Check us out. Southside Rabbi, baby. Southside Rabbi. I mean, I literally had someone on Twitter today tell me, <laughs> why do you find it necessary to disagree? How does disagreeing help anything? And, and I was like, 
well, I mean, historically, disagreeing has disagreeing has helped a lot of things. Yeah, yeah all the time. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, like if 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 the the way that we have actually come forth with new ideas and innovation and all that has been through disagreement. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I I I mean, we don't we have not got to where we are right now. Um, and have, I mean, in some ways we've come far in America and in some ways we've gone backwards, Right. but even in our progress, we have not come to that progress without disagreement, bro. Yep. It's just, it's, we, don't, we haven't come to that progress by saying, Hey, uh, every, everyone must believe the same thing or yeah, yeah. you're out of here right. in a very real sense that becomes a type of tyranny. 